everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wingard, founder of Wingard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Today I'm continuing to talk about hope in the body, and this is after we've previously learned about hope in the spirit and hope in the soul. Remember, the kingdom of God starts first in the spirit and then is accessed by the faith present in our soul and then manifests physically in the realm of our body. It always begins with spirit to soul to body. The first message in the the series, Hope in the Body, was called Resurrection Life because the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the one event in all of history which makes it possible to live victoriously in our daily lives. The message today is called The Power of Words. Now I'm hoping and praying that you are living in the blessing and the power of God and that this is happening every day for you as you learn and grow as his child. Do you know that God operates in the same way that he asks us to live? Not only that, he has done this for all of time. In fact, he created the entire universe this way. Sometimes we think that God has requirements for us to live in a way that is unique to us individually or that it somehow is unique to just being human or you know, living on the earth. But he operates with the same laws of the kingdom. I taught some time ago about the fact that God used his faith to create all things and that he spoke them into being. And I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to compare it with how you live every day. In Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So if you hear this, you realize the faith of God was spoken out by his word, and that is what created all of the universe, everything that you see around you. Do you understand? This is, a, this is talking about the literal, audible, spoken word of God. Everything that God has done or is doing centers around the actual faith of God himself and words spoken which are in alignment with his faith. If you think of it, the word of God itself, the the printed word, is in alignment with his faith. So when you speak these words out, this is what brings them to pass because they are in alignment with his faith. You are constantly using your faith on a daily basis. Whether or not it's for good or evil, you're still using your faith. It's not that unspoken belief or doubt has no power, but it's rather that words spoken give either side of that more power. Everything you're seeing in your life today is a result of words spoken in the past. These could be words that you've spoken about yourself, or it could be words that others have spoken over you and that you've accepted as truth. The Bible is very clear about the power of the tongue, but the tongue would be powerless if it would have no words to use. It's, that's the only power that the tongue has, is actual words being spoken out. But even more importantly, it's the heart of faith behind those words that, that has given them power. It's not words alone, it's words which are joined with faith. In Luke 6.45, Jesus says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So in the heart is where the faith is, and out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks, and that is what brings it to pass. You see here that your faith is active for either good or evil. So instead of arguing about whether you or someone else has more faith or not, 
Why don't you focus on how you are using the faith that you already have? Are you using it for good or evil? So how do we control our tongue? And how do we use it to bring good instead of evil? In James 3, uh, I want to read a few verses here about the power of the tongue and, and how James describes them. He says, uh, this is verse 2, James 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. <laughs> the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear, bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Have you ever had a drink of salt water? It's very obvious that it's not fresh. And if you take fresh water and put salt water in there, it will be contaminated. So, I'd like to ask the same question that I just asked a few minutes ago. How do we control our tongue? How do we use it to bring good instead of evil? This is a, a great example that with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It's one thing to just simply try, give an effort to, to tame our tongue. But it's when things happen that the abundance of the heart is able to speak. So it's not just about controlling just the words. It's about Guarding your heart, and we talked about this, hope in the soul. Guard your heart. Keep your heart. Watch what's in your heart. In uh, Matthew 21, uh, Jesus and the disciples were walking back into the city, and, and Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree by the road, and there was no figs on it. And he said, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. And then when the disciples saw it, they said, well, how did that happen? How, how did the fig tree wither away so quickly? And then Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Notice he, he says it with, with clarity. He's convinced. He's not saying, well, maybe sometimes. He says, this is the case. The same story is told in Mark 11, and we've quoted these verses. I'm sure you've probably heard them. It's all about uh, this story around the fig tree. So in verse 20, um, the disciples, it says, in the morning they passed by, and they saw the fig tree, and it was dried up from the roots. And then Peter said, look, the fig tree is withered away. And, and Jesus said, have faith in God. 
For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Notice, he's very clear. Again, in this instance, he, this, the, the clarity of Jesus is so easy to see that he's saying, when you believe and you speak it out, you will have it. So I want to ask you a question here. And this is for you individually, personally, to answer this question. Have you or anyone that you know personally ever said, that word of faith stuff doesn't work? That idea of speaking things out and, and having them come to pass isn't actually real. Now, if you ever say statements like that and believe them in your heart, you will reap the results of that continually. And it, it won't work for you. This will be your experience until you counteract your words by speaking the word of God. If you say it doesn't work, then you're exactly right for you. But if you read this and you look at it and you say, I'm going to speak this over my situation and I'm going to believe it in my heart, you will begin to see this happen. Faith is not something you can drum up. You can just decide, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to believe. It's something that grows. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as your faith grows, allow yourself to include the power of words into your experience. If you're not seeing the word of God coming to pass in your life, I challenge you, allow yourself to speak the word of God out over your situation. By his stripes, you were healed regardless of what you see in your body, okay? I'd like to tell you a story. I, I might have said this story before here. I'm, I'm trying to remember if I mentioned it, but it was it's such a clear example of the power of words. Um, I actually woke up in the middle of the night. I was all drenched in sweat, and my stomach was bloated and hurting, and I, I ran to the bathroom, and I, I was trying to think, what, what have I eaten? And and I was leaning over the commode and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he was just as gentle as ever. And he said, you know, you don't need to do this. And I, I thought to myself and I said to him, well, what do I do about it? And I just felt like he said, speak to it. And so I said, food, you are good to me. Food, you are good for me. Toxins, I cancel your assignment on me now in the name of Jesus. And it was instant. It was like someone deflated a balloon in my stomach. I literally laughed out loud, stood up, and walked back to bed. I laid down and went to sleep. And in the morning when I woke up, I, I sat up in bed and my stomach growled. I was hungry. I went and ate a big breakfast. That was the end of the food poisoning. I, I, it was completely gone in an instant because by my faith, I was given a word by the Holy Spirit to speak this out and I spoke it, and immediately it happened. In Matthew uh, 12, 36, it, it actually talks about being responsible for the words that we have spoken. It's, uh, he says, But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. And, you know, I've read that verse in the past, and I've thought about it, and I, I thought it meant only, you know, the final judgment that happens at the end of time. But when I was preparing this message, I was looking at this and I realized, you know, there's a reason that we need to give an answer for idle words. And the reason is that 
every word carries with it the power to bring it to pass. So we are responsible right now for the harvest that our words are producing in our lives and in the lives of others. The day of judgment is the day that the power of the word spoken produces a harvest in your life or in someone else, and you are accountable for that. Every word carries the faith of the person that has released the word into the world. This is why God could speak the world into existence, and we're still reaping the benefits of it. We're reaping the benefits of his faith being mixed with his words. Our faith is active, regardless of whether it is used to accomplish good or evil. This is why gossip and slander are so powerful in the world. These are these two, they're, they're sister demons who they constantly whisper in people's ears and they offer poison to speak out. They can't force anyone, you know, to speak gossip, but if they can get a person to listen to their whispers by using offense and other things, they can piggyback on the faith of the person speaking and try to curse the one that is being slandered. Slander and gossip are evil evil, and they will never bring about good. So if someone is talking about a a person, a minister, or anyone, and saying they are a bad person, they, they are slandering that person, that will never bring about good. It is the faith of the person being used to bring evil into someone's life. Have you ever worried about something? Do you know that worry is simply exercising your faith in the wrong thing? It's believing the fear instead of believing the faith and love of God that has been shed abroad in our hearts. He gave us his faith and his love. He didn't give us fear. So when we worry, we produce what we're worried about, especially when we speak it out. Now, there's a couple verses in 1 John 4, and they describe judgment in a whole different attitude than even the one that I read before, where it, it sounded like, the, the final judgment. But this actually talks about uh, what sounds very directly today. And we have known, it's actually verse 16, uh, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And because of this, because as he is, so are we in this world. So, uh, and actually the last verse there, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Remember that you are only as powerful in a situation as you have spoken and believed that you are or will be. Be intentional about speaking of negative situations as happening only in the past. Talk about it as something that you have been dealing with. But don't, if you take ownership of this and say, I have whatever it is, let's use a sickness for example, instead of saying, I have been dealing with this, it forces your, your heart to decide what you will believe. Will you believe the, the circumstances that you found yourself in or will you believe the word? Will you truly believe what the word says that by his stripes you were healed? If you have a mountain of any kind rising up in front of you, it's time to take the authority and speak directly to the mountain as Jesus directed all of us to do. You will then recognize specific verses in the Bible which speak directly to the situation that you find yourselves in. Speak to it. Listen to him. Allow him to direct you. 
In Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So these verses, verse 9 says you will be saved. Verse 10 says unto salvation. Saved is the word sozo, or it means saved, healed, delivered, prospered, made whole. Uh, In verse 10, the word salvation is soterio, and that is very similar where it's, it's salvation in every way. It's not just only forgiveness of your sins. It's everything made right. So when you believe that this is God's heart for you, you will begin to speak it out and you will see it manifesting in your life. He's even quoting, you know, the, the first verse there, he's quoting, he says, the, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's actually Deuteronomy 30, verse 14. If you look down a little bit further, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. See, it's your choice. You can choose life or death in the words that you speak. This is the ultimate way that the Word of God has full power in your life. If you're willing to dig into the Bible for specific verses, you will find an unlimited supply of word power that God has spoken out on our behalf and spoken over you. He's given it to us to bring his goodness into our daily experience. I'm challenging you. Guard every word that comes out of your mouth. You know, give your testimony to people. Tell about the things that God has done. Encourage them. Speak of the good things of God, the positive things of God, the things that you see in the word. Give your testimony to those around you. Allow them to see that speaking the goodness of God is part of the process to seeing it manifest in your life. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.